Yes, the squad being featured on the CBS Early Show today. I hate that name. It makes me squirm. It's so cutesy. The squabs. That's what I call them. Well, they got right underneath there. They got, uh, in big letters, the squad. So, uh, who, who came up with that? I, 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 I think know. it was put on them, and it's not their fault that they're being called the squad. I had no idea until I read this piece by Kim Strassel in the uh, Wall Street Journal about some of the bitter behind-the-scenes fighting. In, I mean, within the squad, these or? these uh, chicks and Nancy Pelosi are getting to hate each other. Well, yeah, I think that's pretty clear. Oh, yeah. Which I don't have a problem with. The, the, I, I don't. It doesn't bother me that new people come in and feel like they don't need to listen to leadership. That that doesn't bother me. Oh, I like no, that. I like it. I'm, I'm pro that. Uh, they're wrong about everything. Yeah, I but, don't. But I like their spirit. I don't want her to, to win the day with her arguments about uh, the Green New Deal or whatever. But I actually saw uh, that. Not falling in line because the party told you to. And I'm perfectly fine with that. I heard AOC on one of your idiotic uh, morning shows. It might have been CBS this morning. Um, talking about that very thing. Saying, I feel no obligation whatsoever to fall into line just because that's the way it's been done. And. And she talked about how the lobbyists own Washington, D.C., and and that's who is really in control, which is a, a hell of a shot at Nancy Pelosi. Um, but it's unquestionably true. And it, as a guy who's not a big fan of big government, I thought, you know what? You are right on, darling. You are 100% on. It, it's a shame you're wrong about everything and that your solutions are worse than the status quo. Because you're right about the power. uh, One of the reasons I don't get so upset about uh, Trump or AOC or any of this stuff, this is a a long game. I don't know where it's going to go, but there's a reforming of everything happening. Mm -hmm. And none none of the characters involved right now are going to have the last say in any of this. Right. This is this going to play out over quite a while. And and even more interesting, you're seeing it all around the world. Sh- Similar yeah, yeah. Uh, movements and shakeups. Bre- Brexit, Spain, Italy, all over the place. Yeah, we already have more than two political parties. We only have two voting lines, though, and that's where a lot of this problem comes from. I oh, feel. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I uh, I mentioned or we played the clip from Rahm Emanuel over the weekend when he said. We're seeing the dissolution of the two parties. That that's going to take time, though. Good. That's going to take time, and they'll reform, or there'll be more parties, or I don't know what's going to come out of it. But yeah. it's going to take time. But there will be right wing versions, I assume, soon. I'm surprised it hasn't happened already. Of AOC, who get their own Twitter following. Isn't that the Tea Party? Um, or the House Freedom Caucus, although they weren't nearly as uh, sexy and media savvy. I, I was meaning, yeah, I was meaning who understand Twitter and the power of that and Gosh, everything right. like that. So, right. Somebody that emerges who's all about, you know, blasting the Republican Party for not caring about uh, the debt, for instance. Sure. And ends up with five million followers on Twitter and yeah. becomes a, th- a thorn in the side of uh, of Kevin McCarthy and whoever else. Yeah, I love that idea. That, Absolutely that, love that it. That is going to happen, and we're going to have a bunch of those, I think. And you'll have more voices um, instead of we all have to agree with whoever our leader is. That's got to be good, right? Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I love, the, like I said, I absolutely love the idea. I think AOC and I could bond on the, the, the idea that not everything is permanent. Just because it exists now doesn't mean it has to exist or has always existed or shouldn't be changed. Don't accept what's around you as inevitable. The Republicans and Democrats, you know, the, the Republican Party obviously came about in the 1860s. When did the Democrats, they were a little earlier than that, but you got your wigs and your bull mooses and various parties, the 
The original, uh, wasn't Jefferson's party the Republican Democrats or Democrat Republicans? These things aren't permanent. Just let them change. So AOC and I could definitely bond on that. And then maybe, I don't know, enjoy a nice dinner and uh, maybe a little dancing and a glass of wine. And uh, I hope my wife isn't listening. <laughs> well, I wonder, um, as far as like somebody on the right coming up who becomes... You know, a, a voice for part of the Republican Party that feels like it's not getting a voice. Right. Um, there's lots of Republicans that are disgusted with the party because they don't seem to care about the debt yeah. and spending. Yeah. Um, you'd pe- think somebody to merge, but do you have to be a hot chick? Is that required? It helps a lot. On the on, on Twitter and online, it I think being really, really helps a lot. certainly does. Yeah. 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 And there are plenty of really attractive uh, conservative women. Yeah, some yeah. of them have great online presence. But you hate to have politics narrowed down to only people who agree with you who are hot enough to get attention. <laughs> yes, that is uh, contributing to the uh, stupidization of America, no doubt. <laughs> but you know, uh, My only uh, problem with your scenario and its likelihood is that the idea that government should give me stuff, money, stuff, other people's stuff, because I deserve it and they're bad people. I mean, that's gaining traction day by day by day. No doubt about that. And the idea that we should be a responsible and independent people that pay as we go and, 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 uh, you know, we take care of ourselves. And as a country, we're responsible and ethical, we're moral. I mean, that sort of thing is just going out the window. So, uh, you know, I think you got your AOC. If you're going to break, uh, break down AOC's appeal, 60% is she's a hottie. Certainly in the beginning. Certainly, right. that's what launched her in the beginning. Right. Uh, there's a certain chunk of it that's uh, the the whole self-righteous aggrieved thing that's so popular. If you're aggrieved, you get attention. And uh, and the third thing is she believes the government is a combination of mommy and Santa Claus, which is a very, very popular notion, especially among youngsters. And, uh, and so, you know, that's her appeal. But she's good at it, and she's getting better at it, which is awful. To me, uh, it's it's frightening, but her skills are increasing. Man, she's she is going right up against Nancy Pelosi, and this chick, she's listen, whatever you think of her, she won uh, what a, like twenty thousand votes or something like that. Yeah, in a borough in in New York, she won in an election where the turnout was what a low thirties percentage or. It was absurdly low. It took 15,000 votes or something like that for her to end up what she is. Right, because in her district, in her district, the Democrat was going to win, period. And she won the primary. That's how she won. And so there's, like, nobody voting. And, you know, she's a bit of an intellectual lightweight, and, and I, I just, I'm not impressed with her, her ideas. They're terrible. Yet she's assumed this enormous importance in American politics. Uh, and the right loves her because they love to bash her. But you know what most Congress people do? They get elected, and oh, thank God I got elected. And then they do exactly what the leadership tells them, and they slave away on stupid committees that, that don't mean anything to anybody right. and wait their turn. And even if they never become anything, they don't care because they're going to end up rich. They right. all do. Yeah. And that's why they stay, and they'll do anything they can to keep their seat so they can continue to have their cush job and, and, and lifetime health care and all the stuff that comes with it. That's what most Congress people do. Right. And she is definitely not going along to get along. Put your wife and kids on the payroll. And... Right. Exactly. Yeah. You've got to admire it. Again, it's a shame she's wrong about everything. So Trump was actually quoted in the New York Times, or they are quoting someone close to Donald Trump, so... Mm. As Laura Logan once told us, you can read a New York Times article and not find a single fact. So an anonymous person quoted close to Trump is not a fact, really. No. But they said, uh, Trump said in a meeting, he said, 
after this squabble and you know the squad being labeled every all this sort of stuff, he said, "I have now married the squad to Nancy Pelosi, clear through the election." Right, which was his goal. Right, and he may have. Yeah, yeah. This is interesting. I mean the the early show. He's turning on the early show. What's weird to me is the media thinks that oh they they have the squad fires back. Oh my God, they're getting their voice now. Trump's got to hate this. Trump if Trump turning on the TV this morning. And seeing the squad on the early show, he's dancing around in his underwear. Oh, yeah. All Oof, right. Thanks for that mental picture. They've elevated four nobodies who have no power right. into the face of the Democratic Party. Well, not for only that. For the whole country. Yes. Not only that, but a couple of them are Muslims, which is uh, a government of Muslims is not an image that many Americans find appealing. Now, you might call it bigotry. I happen to have studied at the university level (laughs) Muslim governments around the world, and they're scary. Almost every single one is scary. So, you know, you can call it what you want, but it works on that level, too. Um, Angry young Muslims. That's what the Democratic Party is. Yeah, I'd say that's a win for Trump. So you uh, you got a guy trying to break the world record for sitting on a toilet? You got a, a topless woman who photobombed a family and ruined their vacation, according to this article. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy, why's that lady not got her shirt on? She's probably crazy, kids. All right, let's go. No, it ruined their vacation, Joe. I'm sorry. Among <laughs> other things we should talk about. Oh, also, do you like watching a TV show with your friends or a movie? You, you like to go out on a, a date and see a movie. They ran this experiment with chimpanzees. And chimps who watched movies together bonded more closely. Okay, that's a good one. Isn't that crazy? I want to hear about that. I want to hear about that. Probably the old uh, Reagan. Planet of the Apes again! (laughs) God, can we watch anything else? That uh, hockey playing chimp movie is big. (laughs) Huge. Four stars from chimps. Yes, I've seen the man in the yellow hat. Something (laughs) else! Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Breaking El Chapo news. He was just sentenced to life in prison plus 30 years. I'm not exactly sure what sort of metaphysical... They put him in Azkaban. I don't know what sort of view of life and world and consciousness and soul you have. Where you, you feel keep like... his corpse in prison for 30 years just to be safe. <laughs> but anyway, he's going to stay in prison for the rest of his life and then 30 more years. Yes. <laughs> and I'll show him. Unless he can, uh, and believe me you, believe me you, me, what? Um, he's working on it right now. as people behind the scenes trying to find some guard somewhere, some way to bribe his way out or yeah. dig his way out. I don't think it's going to happen here no, in the no, U.S. of no, A, Chapo. No, no, I don't think so either. So we his, run things a little differently than Mexico. Here's his final statement from El Chapo, one of the uh, worst people on earth. Since the government will send me to a jail where my name will not ever be heard again, I take this opportunity to say there is no justice here. <laughs> All right. Feel free. Whatever. Yeah, you uh, tortured people to death personally okay. and, and ordered the deaths of many more, and you are uh, an inhuman animal. So, uh, goodbye. Anyway. Well, and... I was going to say worse than that. I'm not sure that's true. But uh, as bad as that, maybe. 
you took over a whole country, really. Mm. And all those people have had to live miserable lives because they can't get a functioning government to get to work in your city or your 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 country, really. Right. Right. And which is terrible. You can't trust law enforcement. You can't you 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 can't get any justice for any problem. Right. A generation of people, uh, some of them, a lot of them patriots, Mexican patriots, have had to choose between living in terror or living knowing they had betrayed their principles to save their families' lives and were now on the take to the cartels. It's disgusting. It's horrifying. And, you know, if you wanted, I could bore you with analysis of why Mexican culture and its tolerance for corruption um, is we have to be very careful and make sure when Mexican people come to be Americans, they understand it doesn't work that way here. And we can't let it. We can't even let it start. It's a cultural difference. It's not genetic or anything. It's just the culture. Anyway, uh, speaking of inhuman beasts, how about the humble chimpanzee? Uh, chimpanzee is said to share 98 point something percent of our genes, uh, the strength of 10 men, etc. A little hairy. You've seen them. I think a little more with some people. Right. Clearly. 99 and a half. Clearly. Uh, but so uh, chimpanzees watching a video together get the same sense of bonding and closeness that humans feel from watching a movie or TV show together, say some uh, American University researchers. Uh, they were, uh, the researchers say it shows the deep evolutionary roots of the heightened emotional impact of watching something with someone else. And this is so true. How much proof do we need? It also raises questions about what is lost when there are fewer shared experiences. Like if a family or families stop watching television together and are separately plugged into social media or using their own mobile phones. Well, I I assume everybody listening is smart enough to make the connection to our modern society and our belief that we have lots of interaction because we got likes on Twitter and Facebook, but we're not actually hanging out together. Right, exactly. And now we're committing suicide and killing ourselves with a variety of uh, liquids and narcotics. Yeah, it is a psychological suicide that's going on, I think, and it's highly troubling, and we're doing it to ourselves, but if you and I witness something together, we grow closer because it's the, I saw that, you saw that, we both saw that. And it's a bonding thing. It's a deep animal bonding thing. And we're denying ourselves that systematically, which is amazing. There's lots of shows that if my wife watched them with me, I would watch. But watching them by myself, I don't really have that much appeal. Right, right. It is not as special. Uh, whether it's a you know spouse, friend, whatever. But uh, So this study, they put chimps in bonobos. That's a pretty smart ape, the bonobo. Uh, in front of a screen showing a video. Hey, you seen this? This is great. Yeah, just watch this. And then they used eye trackers to make sure the apes were watching the film and not, like, starting to text their friends. And, <laughs> and the, wait a minute. They did the same thing uh, I do. Fruit drinks were used to encourage them to stay relatively still. That's and hilarious. In the same place. Uh, fermented fruit drinks, in my case. Uh, let's see. Uh, da, da, da. The choice of video was decided by previous research revealing what apes most like to watch, which, as Jack pointed out, was... Ran into the apes constantly. Curious George endlessly. Film of other apes. Oh. Their favorite thing to watch was other apes. And uh, they it's studied, reality television. They st- exactly. They studied changes in behavior after they'd watched a video. They family liked reality them. shows about other monkeys. They really did. Oh, my God. Hilarious. We're devolving, people. We are. You've you, you seen that little chart with the monkey and the ape and the caveman and the modern man. We're going in the other direction now. 
start learning to pick fruit and climb trees because we're going down to Monkeyville <laughs> as a species. Anyway, Housewives of Orange County, it's just uh, female bonobos of the Amazon. Right, yeah. right. Watching the film together made them much more likely to bond afterwards, such as staying close together, touching or interacting with each other. Psychologists say the findings have challenged the idea that there was something uniquely human about shared social experiences from watching an activity. Yeah, well, okay. So I'm good I'm, for the monkeys, but I, I'm interested in how it relates to humans, definitely. But I'm guessing that, you know, if a couple of chimps are sitting there by the roadside, whiling away the, the day, and they got a, an elephant runs up and chucks a lion through the air, the two of those chimps are, dude! Did you see that? I know, man. Unbelievable. And they bond. Right. Even chimps. And we're, we're giving that away. Why? And it's killing us. It is killing us. What's coming up in your news, Marsha Phillips? Well, we've got some highlights of four congresswomen who make up the so-called squad are talking about Trump tweets against them yeah, and right. their relationship with Speaker Nancy Pelosi. There's I, I, there's some brutal stuff is being said behind the scenes. If you like gossip, it's yeah. good gossip. That I like. Anything they've got to say to Gail King, I can't imagine it being interesting to me at all. Well, I'll see. It's all on you the know, way. I, I, like, I know what like the say. chips we were describing. I think we'll bond having heard this. I think I know what they're going to say. On the way. Armstrong and Getty. I do want to talk more about that Washington Post survey, which found that lots of Mexicans, people in Mexico, um, don't like others traveling through their country and setting up camp. A majority, certainly. Because of racism. That's why they hate it. You don't get to come in here from another country and use our resources and take our jobs. That's pretty interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. More on that later. News now with Marsha Phillips. Well, the House voted to condemn President Trump's attacks You're against, condemned. against four Congresswomen of color as racist. The measure passed mostly along party lines on Tuesday night. Now, the four freshman lawmakers. So, this is the thing where, not to get too far off yeah. track, but this is the thing where Nancy Pelosi called the president a racist. And then got in trouble because you're not, that's against the rules. Yeah, kind of. But yeah. then they passed a resolution saying that the president's a racist. Right. That's <laughs> kind of funny. Or his statements were racist. Yeah, that's so okay. yeah. They can write it down, but they can't say you it. You can't say it, I guess. I don't know. The four freshman uh, lawmakers apparently targeted by the president are Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and Ayanna Presley. The squad! Together, they are known as... The squabs. The squad! I'm reading it right up there on the early show. It says the squad. The squad. The squad fires back. They they sat down with CBS This Morning's co-host, Gail King, and King was asking them if they weren't uh, themselves serving as a distraction from Democrat goals. There's nothing conspiratorial. There is no insurgency. There is no insurgency, and there's nothing Mm -hmm. conspiratorial. What we are are four lawmakers who happen to land in the same place on the same issue time and time again. Did she say conspiratorial? members who challenge her conclusions, who disagree with her, so do we from time to time. Mm-hmm. But that does not mean that there is a fundamental fracture or a dehumanizing uh, going on within our caucus. Now, Except that, that there is. But, the, but Nancy doesn't want her to say that. Nancy wants right. there to be a giant split yes. where we don't agree on anything. She hates me. I hate her. We're not the same thing. Uh, if someone were to tell me 
that these four were somehow the genius creation of uh, Steve Bannon. He got it going while he still had that gig in the White House. (laughs) I would believe it because it's absolutely brilliant for serving Trump's purposes. I mean, these these women are lunatics. Their policies are, are, are just crazy by American standards. They're super way left. And in the case of a couple of them, super sympathetic to radical Islam. And if I could portray the Democratic Party as that, I mean, please, as Steve Bannon, I'm saying, right. I would get my bonus for the year. I mean, that would be an enormous success. Nancy is terrified of, of these people. Republicans aren't. Gail King going on to ask. Are you speaking to Nancy Pelosi? Our teams are, are in communication. Our chiefs are. are but shouldn't it be a face-to-face with I you agree. and the speaker yeah, as opposed yeah, to, I as opposed to your people and her people? Right, shouldn't right. it be a face-to-face? But, but you're new members of that question. But no, I'm very protective. With all due respect, mm-hmm. she doesn't need protection. Right. I want to know if you are She's speaking. She's the new member, not the speaker. So there was a caucus Wednesday in which old Nancy evidently chewed out the new kids. And, uh, and and lectured them and the rest of it. And it's, it was controversial, apparently. But they mention in this piece, uh, Kim Strassel in the Wall Street Journal. I'll just read it to you. Ms. Ocasio-Cortez's response to the, the flap was to play the race and sex card on America's foremost liberal. She accused Mrs. Pelosi of, quote, singling out newly elected women of color and of being, quote, outright disrespectful, demoralizing. Ms. Omar suggested Ms. Mrs. Pelosi was insufficiently committed to resisting the Trump administration. So they're taking some serious pot shots back and forth. Right, and that was the division that Trump then saw and thought, uh-oh, Nancy's getting going to get distanced from these people. Right. And so he went over the weekend with this, the tweet about them going back to their country and has unified them again, I think, in the minds of many. So. Right. Meanwhile, tweets from the president are only increasing his support among Republicans. There's a new Reuters Ipsos public opinion poll. What a found, shock. Found Trump's support uh, by Republicans up to 72%, and that's up from 67% last week. Trump, again, tweeting that the minority women should go back to where they came from if they're unhappy in the United States. I don't know oh, if that... we're ever going to talk about, uh, you know, serious things ever again in this country. Oh, I, I'm about to, <clears throat> at least briefly, and we'll get to it uh, more seriously later. But Thomas Friedman, the liberal, kind of moderate liberal, New York Times columnist, said, based on what was said on the stage during the first Democrat debate, Trump's a shoo-in. Reelected, He said those policies don't play anywhere right. except, you know, maybe the Bronx or that Somali, heavily Somali part of uh, Minneapolis that Ilhan Omar's from. Yeah, Tom Friedman said in his New York Times column, if you just if you just ran somebody who was nice and just kind of had middle of the road politics, they would easily win, which I think is probably true. Mm, but, could be. but that's not what's going to run. So there you go. Turns out your brain may be hooked up to a computer if Elon Musk has his way. The tech billionaire CEO of Tesla and SpaceX was talking about his ideas at a science presentation in San Francisco. Musk said the plan is to create human symbiosis with artificial intelligence through implanted neural devices that interface directly with 
computers. Wow. Mm. Is is that what we want? It sounds cool, but I don't know where that ends up. He said they could have a possible implantable prototype next year. You know, his his starting point, which is, I think, thoroughly defensible, is for people with paralysis, yeah. Parkinson's, uh, neuromuscular disorders, oh, that sure, sort of thing. Sure, I get which that. Which I think is fantastic. But it will continue on. And, but uh, then we'll, to have uh, my brain hooked up directly to the internet, no thank you. Yeah. There, no. There you go. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. What are the most popular emojis, Joe? You might know this. I don't use emojis because I'm a grown-up, and uh, I don't think uh, I think it's for children to send around little smiley faces You're and an stuff. angry little man who's lost his whimsy. Um, <laughs> but what the, happened to your whimsy? The number three. The words of Robert Plant. Does anyone remember laughter? The number three most popular emoji is uh, the winking kiss thing. Oh, or what is that? I use that one all the time. Face blowing it's a, a kiss. A wink and a kiss to your honey. Number two is the red heart. I use that one every day. Okay. And number one is the face with tears of joy. Oh, laughing till you're crying. Yeah. 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 That's your number one emoji. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I use that one with uh, little D, my daughter, a lot. So is that my 19 year old? Does that replace LOL? Yeah, to a large extent, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Sometimes when I'm getting really creative, I'll spell E-H, wait, E-L-L-E-O-H-E-L-L-E for L-O-L. I'll, wow. I'll spell it out phonetically. I, don't, I have too much time on my hands. <laughs> Where are you from, French? <laughs> you got to come up with, uh, you know, new and creative ways to communicate on the text line. Um, yeah, it's fun, though. A picture, Jack, is worth uh, several words. Uh, depends who you ask, 1,000, 10,000, whatever. I think it's probably more like... 103. Market but, prices vary. Right? Exactly. exactly. Yeah, check your local listings. But uh, <laughs> you can convey uh, many things with a picture very briefly. I'm not sending other uh, cartoon faces to other grown-ups. <laughs> <laughs> Who killed your whimsy? <laughs> Did a car run over it? <laughs> very sad. Very sad. Um, so we got some important things. We, we want to hear at some point Ted Cruz uh, grilling the Google VP on censorship, which is kind of interesting. Well, right, and then you got old Peter Thiel, and I want to get more into that interview he did. Well, he's making the rounds, talking about Chinese communist agents have infiltrated Google. They're within Google now, doing China. the fitting of the, the, the chai comms, which is troubling stuff. I'd like to know more about that. Yeah. I tell you what, it, it's funny. It's like I was talking about with AOC. I disagree with her on everything. I think she's a dipstick and wrong and... Her, her policies would be the ruin of this wonderful country. On the other hand, she's good at what she does. Uh, the Chinese uh, regime, same thing. You've got to admire their effectiveness. You've got to take them seriously as an adversary. They are infiltrating our society, our companies, our Internet, uh, every way they can. And they work at it every single day. And if there's a profit in it, a lot of our companies are willing to say, ah, whatever. Oh, yeah. Final oh, plan. yeah. Wait a minute, you're going to let me uh, market to sell to your 1.4 billion people? And all you want is this guy on the board of directors or whatever? Uh, maybe uh, overseeing a program we're doing with the American military? No problem, you got it. Come on in, says Google. Uh, more on all that stuff Bing on the way. It. On, Bing it, yes. Screw Google. Read we're all in, about it. We're into Bing on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. 
biggest movie controversy of all time. Could Jack have fit on that door at the end? Oh <laughs> my gosh, I thought it. I remember bawling my eyes out when I was I have no a girl. Being like, <laughs> what do you think, Brad? Well, I'm going to go back and look now. So. <laughs> Certainly. No comment. <laughs> Did you mention it at the time? We like, should it's, we make the door smaller? So like it? I said, I have no comment. <laughs> so that's from, so it's hard to hear. So this is Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt are apparently in a movie together. Uh-huh. And the interviewer asks Leonardo DiCaprio, so at the end of Titanic, could you have fit on that door? Which I didn't realize, <laughs> I didn't realize is a big thing. Mythbusters has looked at it. Oh, yeah. Neil deGrasse Tyson has looked at it. There are all kinds of websites where people have taken a door that size, a woman that size, a man that size, had the man crawl on the door and float with the woman. So she's just either a murderer, right. yes. selfish, uh-huh. or mean-spirited in that she wouldn't allow him to climb on the door. D, all of the above. Or this- he was so tired of her. <laughs> he just, yeah, you know, I can, I'd, I'd, I'll, I'll freeze to death. That's cool. <laughs> We were on a cruise. I thought it was only like a weekend thing. Yeah, really... I, 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 yeah all that stuff about forever, I didn't think we were going to live. So oh, We were going to get to shore, and then we would... Uh, I'll just ways. float over here. <laughs> um, but it was funny, so the interviewer asks Leonardo DiCaprio, and he just kind of puts his head down and says, <laughs> I'm not going to answer. And Brad Pitt starts in with his... Well, go ahead, tell me. Could you have fit on the door? You think you could have fit on the door? All right, let me hear it now that I know what's going on. Okay, biggest movie controversy of all time. Could Jack have fit on that door at the end? Oh Titanic? my gosh, I thought it. I remember bawling my eyes out when I was I have no girl being like, <laughs> What do you think, Brad? Well, I'm going to go back and look now. <laughs> Certainly. No comment. <laughs> Did you mention it at the time? We like, should we make the door smaller? So like I said, I have no comment. <laughs> <laughs> and it's after that, Brad Pitt starts in with a, like under his breath. So could you have fit on the door? Go ahead, tell me. You know, just, just between you and me. <laughs> Oh, man, that's great. Uh, funny. So, you know, it was uh, I think it was the great Milton Friedman who, who probably expressed something uh, extra eloquently that's been known for probably since there's been money, that there are different styles of spending money. If you're spending your own money on yourself, you're careful about what you buy and you're careful about how much you pay. If you're using your money for someone else, You'll be careful about how much you pay. You won't be that worried about quality because, you know, it's not for you. Unless you love that person, obviously. And it works down the line till if you're spending somebody else's money for somebody else's benefit, you don't give a damn about the price or the quality. And that is almost everything government does. That is what government does. Here's a good example for you. Six high-ranking employees at a nonprofit organization... Housing thousands of migrant children for the federal government. So they don't have to be in Trump's cages. Right. Six of them for this nonprofit made at least a million dollars in 2017. Juan Sanchez, the founder and the head guy, earned $3.6 million in total compensation in one year Boy, running that's, a uh, nonprofit. That's good money for running a nonprofit. You know, 3.6 mil. Holy cow, you're like an NBA player. And listen, we've pointed this out to you before, and this is why nonprofits are such a great scam when you hook them up to the government. And that's, you know, Jack and I start the, uh, well, we, we actually do a bunch of charitable stuff, and believe me, it's extremely efficient. But uh, if we started the, the Jack and Joe uh, Foundation for Making Ourselves Rich, 
and we took in $1.7 million in contributions, well, we just say, I tell you what, why don't we uh, make our salaries like uh, 840 each, 840 grand each, and we'll give $20,000 to poor people at the end of the year. And then we haven't made a profit. It's just been salaries and programs. That's a nonprofit. The term means nothing in terms of like how good an organization it is, how pure it is. You have to look into it. Anyway, so this guy made 3.6 mil in a single year. Uh, the group's chief finance officer earned more than 2.4 mil. Uh, three other officials, including his old lady, <laughs> earned at least a million dollars in 2017. And uh, they're just milking the taxpayers as hard as they could, and the government officials who, s- who siphoned them the money didn't care. I don't know who I should be the maddest at. Are you mad at the people that do it? I mean, you're a certain sort of character that you can do that. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I suppose I could get cynical enough to think that this is this is the way the world works. This is the way money gets thrown around. Might as well come my way as that guy's way, because this is what happens every dang city, county, state, and the federal programs all over the country. Right. So it might as well be me getting it as somebody else. It's the people that oversee this sort of thing. They aren't getting rich. They're just making regular government salaries. Keep your eye on this stuff, dudes. Yeah. Good they don't Lord. care, though. They just don't care. It would be time. It'd be headaches. Their their boss would probably yell at them for complicating the mess. So they just write the check. It's authorized. They write the check. So these people make millions and millions of dollars of taxpayer money. God, but you know these people that work there, that guy that made $3.6 million. He's going to banquets and being given awards and oh, all yeah. kinds of stuff for, for for helping out these migrant children against the evil Trump and standing applause from people with tears in their eyes of what a great human being you are. Juan Sanchez, who does so much for our little children and at a non-profit. Oh, Juan! Oh, he made almost $4 million doing well, well, it. Well, don't forget, his old lady was on the take, too. So Unbelievable! Four and a half, five million bucks. Yeah, absolutely great. Just delightful. You know, I got a related story, but it, I, they'd probably turn everybody angry. But, um, <laughs> but listen, that's a, you, you know the expression, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. It's not just because sometimes good intentions go wrong. It's because if you can portray yourself as noble or your cause noble, nobody's allowed to question it. Nobody's allowed to scrutinize it. Wait a minute. Why are you giving the name of the, the uh, nonprofit was Southwest Key? And I can barely get the term nonprofit to come out of my mouth because it's obviously so dishonest. But how can you be scrutinizing Southwest? Why are you accusing these people of things when they're trying to help the little children? And that's how you end up in hell because you, you stop examining people's motives. You stop questioning whether it's the most effective way to do this or that. The road to hell is paved with good intentions because that ends people's skepticism. And it, it turns off their brains because obviously my heart's in the right place. Well, yeah, that may be, but let's take a look at what you're doing and how you're doing it. You know what? That reminds me. I'm just jealous of those people. You got the federal government standing there, you know, with a hose hooked up to the great water tank that is the American taxpayers' hard-earned dollars, and they're just spraying dollars all over the street. And this guy was smart enough to come along with a bucket, you know? He's obviously a bastard and a liar and a cheat, but, you know, part of me just thinks, well, he's smarter than me. Right. And I hate to be that cynical, I really do, but what are you going to do? I don't, I don't know why this reminded me of this. might might not be related at all, but I thought this was interesting. I was at a thing the other day. It was a meeting. It was like a meeting where something's trying to get accomplished, business meeting sort of thing deal. Yeah. 
and there was a, a participant that came in in a in a in a wheelchair and like really struggling and has a caretaker and that sort of stuff and like physically struggling to get in the door and everything like that and, and everybody was like really bending over backwards to try to get him accommodated and in and comfortable and that's all great and, and cool. good yeah but this person in the meeting would not effing shut up kept oh kept interrupting people oh when they're trying to do business and get this but nobody said anything because everybody was still still riding the wave of I'm trying to be nice to this person who's less fortunate than me and everything yeah, like that. Yeah. But because your body doesn't work and you're in a wheelchair and it was difficult to get in the building, doesn't mean you get to say anything you want anytime you want and disrupt the meeting. Right. The ability to get anything done. But nobody, with, unless Larry David was there, right. nobody had the right. guts to say, hey, dude, we've got an order here. You have to wait your turn like the rest of us when we talk. But nobody's going to say that to him. They're talking. That's rude. Settle down. And right. I just thought that's, that, that's a funny human nature thing right there. Right. God, that right is straight out of uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah that's what's funny. I thought that at the time. <laughs> nobody's going to tell this guy to shut up yeah. because he's in a wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I'd milk that if I'm ever in a wheelchair and I know oh, God's going to punish oh, me wow. for that. Oh, no. You can't. Not out I'll, loud. I'll take over any business meeting, Michael, any family function. Re- edit that out when the show actually airs. That's terrible. I, I thought that was interesting. So uh, we'll get to this before too long. Thomas Friedman, the liberal New York Times columnist, saying, man, what I'm hearing from the Democratic uh, candidates, there's no way Trump loses. Yeah, see, I'm, af- I'm afraid with a year and a half to go, uh, everybody's going to catch on. I mean, there's a lot of smart people that recognize what's going on here. and It, it, it still astounds me. You had all those candidates on, on stage saying that stuff. And 